Welcome back to our award-winning podcast, where we make complex topics in financial planning both intuitive and entertaining. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we're diving into a fascinating subject, striking the balance, life insurance timing and asset allocation in financial planning. We're unraveling a paper on this exact topic, which holds significant weight in the field of financial planning. Let's start with a brief introduction to set the stage for our discussion. Absolutely, Tom. This paper investigates the intersection of life insurance and investment decisions in the context of an unpredictable lifespan and variable labor income. Life insurance, Jen, as we know, is critical. It protects against the risk of financial loss due to premature death, ensuring that loved ones are financially secure. But the timing of purchasing life insurance is a nuanced decision. That it is, Tom. It's about balancing when to buy life insurance to lock in lower premiums while ensuring it doesn't hinder one's living standards. In our core discussion, we will dissect the paper's objectives, methodology, and key findings. We'll explore the complex mathematical models used and explain them in layman's terms. And we'll also delve into the implications of these findings, examining how they could impact financial strategies and approaches to life insurance purchasing. To wrap up, we'll reflect on the paper, summarizing the key points and adding our personal insights on the broader relevance of the research. This promises to be an enlightening episode, Tom. Ready to dive in? Born ready, Jen. Let's get started. Hey, Jen, have you ever struggled with deciding when to buy life insurance and how to invest your dough? Oh, all the time, Tom. It's like trying to juggle squirrels while riding a unicycle. Well, folks, say goodbye to squirrel juggling because we've got something that'll keep your financial balls in the air with style. Introducing Time It Right, the company that sprung up from the genius minds behind that life-changing financial paper we just discussed. Time It Right isn't just any old boring financial advisory firm. They mix actuarial science with a dash of time travel magic to pinpoint the exact moment you should buy life insurance. And with their mystical asset allocation almanac, you'll think they've read your palm as they flawlessly guide your investment choices, all while predicting the next hot stock market trend. So if you want your future self to thank you while current you enjoys a stressless latte, give Time It Right a call. And for the next 10 callers, they'll throw in a crystal ball because let's face it, who doesn't want a shiny orb that doubles as a paperweight? Dial 1-800-TIME-RYT that's 1-800-846-3798. Time it right, because timing isn't everything. It's the only thing. Disclaimer, time travel magic and crystal balls are metaphorical. Actual financial planning may not predict the future, but sure can prep for it. Call now. Welcome back, listeners, to another Deep Dive episode of our podcast. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we've got our geek hats on because we're going to take an informative journey through the world of Uniswap and its daily transaction indices by network. Absolutely, Jen. This is really something to be excited about. Uniswap is revolutionizing the world of decentralized finance, also known as DeFi. Right you are, Tom. Before we roll up our sleeves, let's give our listeners some contextual background. 
This paper we're dissecting today is significant because it shines a light on the impact of Layer 2 solutions on network efficiency and scalability. And why is that important, Jen? Well, Tom, DeFi and blockchain technology are challenging traditional financial systems by enabling transactions without intermediaries. However, the growth and volume of transactions have led to challenges in network performance. And that's where Layer 2, or L2 solutions, come into play. These solutions are designed to enhance the performance and scalability of the existing Layer 1 or L1 infrastructure like Ethereum. Exactly. But here's the catch. We lack data that gives us in-depth economic insights into the impact of these solutions. Fortunately, this paper provides a data set from Uniswap, analyzing over 50 million transactions from both L1 and L2 networks. That's a goldmine of data. It sure is. Now to help everyone keep up with us, let's break down some complex vocabulary. The first term is decentralized exchanges, or DEXs. These are platforms that enable trading directly between users without a central authority. Next, we have smart contracts. These are automatic contracts with the terms written into code. Then there's the blockchain trilemma, the balance between scalability, security, and decentralization. It's hard to achieve all three perfectly in a blockchain network. And don't forget layer one and layer two. L1 refers to the underlying main blockchain, while L2 is a secondary framework built on top of L1 to improve its scalability and efficiency. With those key concepts out of the way, let's dive into the meat of this paper, starting with its objectives. The research aims to analyze Uniswap's raw transaction data to draw insights on network dynamics, like adoption trends and evaluations of scalability and decentralization. The methodology was meticulous. They collected a massive amount of data, verified it for consistency, and then transformed it into various indices that we'll explore shortly. Those indices include the Shannon Entropy, the Gini Coefficient, and the Herfindahl-Hirschman Index, among others. Moving on to key findings, the paper reveals fascinating insights into the decentralization of DeFi across different blockchain networks. This, this has huge implications for the field. It could lead to a better understanding of economic shifts with the implementation of L2 solutions and informed decisions on DeFi infrastructure development. And to wrap things up before we dive deep, our conclusion will recap these points and offer personal reflections on the relevance of this paper in understanding the broader DeFi landscape. So stay tuned, listeners. We're about to embark on an analytical journey into the complex and exhilarating world of decentralized finance. Get ready to uncover the secrets of Uniswap transactions with Jen and me after a quick break. And before we jump back into the thrilling world of DeFi, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Are you tired of missing the latest trends in the crypto market because you're too busy watching cat videos? Do you find blockchain tech as confusing as a chameleon in a bag of Skittles? Introducing Layer Me Up, the app born out of the heart of the Uniswap daily transaction indices. Layer Me Up live maps your crypto journey with layer-tastic clarity, turning your blockchain blunders into savvy trades. With our Blockhead mascot ledger, you'll never be alone in the L1-L2 jungle. He's like your personal crypto Tarzan. Get ready to swing from token to token with the grace of a Wall Street acrobat and the speed of a greased lightning bolt. Use Layer Me Up today to make sense of the cents that make dollars. And don't forget their slogan, Tom and Jen, Layer Me Up, because even crypto needs a layered cake approach to sweetness. 
Now, back to our deep dive on Uniswap daily transaction indices. Welcome, dear listeners, to another exciting episode of our podcast. Today, we've prepared a real treat for all you data science enthusiasts and those interested in the well-being of urban spaces. That's right, Tom. We're diving deep into the paper titled Generating a Map of Well-Being Regions Using Multiscale Moving Direction Entropy on Mobile Sensors. It's a mouthful, but don't worry. We'll unpack all the complex terms and explain everything in an intuitive way. To start, let's discuss why this paper is significant. In the field of urban planning and public health, understanding how the movement of people correlates with their well-being is groundbreaking. It has implications for city design, social services, and even marketing. The paper introduces this concept of moving direction entropy, or MDE, essentially a way to measure the diversity of the directions people move in a particular area. The authors then take it several steps further, using mobile sensor data at different scales to create a comprehensive map of community well-being. And for the complex vocabulary, like entropy, multi-scale, and mobile sensors, you might think we're talking about physics or computer science. But hang tight, as I promise you, it all relates back to people and the spaces they occupy. Moving on to the core discussion, this research had a fascinating objective, to see if you can predict the well-being of a region based on the movement diversity of its inhabitants. The methodology the researchers used was complex. They analyzed GPS data from smartphones to compute the MDE for various regions and scales. Right? And they used different mesh sizes, like looking at the patterns from far away versus up close, to capture different levels of human mobility and interactions. Their key findings are quite significant. The maps with higher values of MDE coincided with regions where people preferred to live. This suggests a strong link between the movement diversity and perceived well-being. In terms of applications, this research can influence city planning and development, targeting areas for improvement, not just structurally, but socially. And to wrap up, the study suggests that regions with diverse movement are areas of well-being, potentially fostering creativity and community strength. Exactly, Tom. Our reflection on this is that it shows how intertwined our physical and social environments are and how data can be used to improve both. Stay tuned as we go further into the world of maps, movement, and well-being. And now, let's get started with today's episode. Have you ever felt lost in the city, like you're just another face in the crowd? Or maybe you're looking for that perfect neighborhood where every turn leads to happiness and every alley whispers tales of joy. Introducing Entropy Maps. Born from the brilliant minds behind generating a map of well-being regions using multi-scale moving direction entropy on mobile sensors. That's a mouthful, but here's what it means. We've got the tech that maps out the merry moves of masses, turning cold data into warm, fuzzy neighborhoods. With our app, just tap the smiley face icon and watch as it radiates to show the good vibe zones with the most social butterflies. Why settle for drab when you can have fab? Plus, our patented happiness heat maps don't just guide you to the cheerful chatter of communal kinship, but also steer you clear of the no fun zones. Sorry, boredom. Entropy Maps says, not today. Entropy Maps. We put the well in well-being and the E in entropy. Download it now and start navigating to neighborhood bliss.
Welcome back to our insightful journey through the world of finance and investing. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we have a rather fascinating topic to delve into, the distribution characteristics of stock returns. That's right, Jen. We're going to unpack the complexities behind a research paper titled An Explanation for the Distribution Characteristics of Stock Returns by Bo Lee from the PKU Du Han Institute for Artificial Intelligence. As we begin, let's set the stage for why this paper is so significant. Absolutely. The distribution of stock returns is at the heart of financial theory. It's essential for risk management, asset pricing, and portfolio management. Traditional financial models like the capital asset pricing model and tools like JP Morgan's VR system risk metric often assume that stock returns follow a normal distribution. However, the real world tells a different story. Stock returns exhibit high peaks and fat tails, deviating from the normal distribution. So the paper really challenges a cornerstone of financial theory. Right. Now, for the uninitiated, a normal distribution refers to the familiar bell curve many people might remember from statistics class. And when Tom talks about fat tails, he's referring to the greater likelihood of extreme values compared to a normal distribution. In our core segment, we're going to dissect the research paper in detail, exploring the objectives, methodology, and key findings. The paper introduces a reaction function, which is a new way to look at the market's reaction to information or events. The research involves an in-depth analysis of returns from major stock indices like China's CSI 300, the US's S&P 500, and Japan's Nikkei 225. And it addresses different timescales from daily to intraday returns. The implications and applications of these findings are vast, with potential impacts on various financial theories and practical applications like risk management and investment strategy. Then we'll conclude with our reflections on the research and its broader relevance. It's a lot to cover, so let's dive right in. Jen, kick us off with the paper's objectives and methodology. The paper sets out to explain why stock return distributions exhibit those characteristic high peaks and fat tails. In other words, why they don't conform to the expected normal distribution. The methodology is innovative. Lai assumes that the effects of various events on the market are normally distributed, but the market either overreacts or underreacts to these events, hence the abnormal distribution of returns. The key tool here is what Lee calls the reaction function. It quantifies the market's intensity of reaction to events or information. After defining a hypothetical normal distribution based on the central limit theorem, Lai compares this with the true distribution of stock returns to calculate the values of the reaction function. Now, it's important to highlight that the paper doesn't reject the idea of a normal distribution outright. Instead, it suggests that the market's behavioral distortions cause the observed discrepancies. This bridging of quantitative analysis and behavioral finance is a major contribution of Lee's work. In the findings, the paper concludes that for smaller impacts, the market tends to underreact, resulting in higher peaks, and for significant impacts, it overreacts, leading to the fat tails. Interestingly, it also found that markets react slightly stronger to positive information than to negative. Turning to the implications, Tom, what stands out to you? This alternative look at how finance theory might incorporate behavioral science implications could potentially transform how we model risk and price assets. And let's not forget about applications like quant investing, where this model can help investors gauge market reactions to events with more nuance. Lastly, 
our conclusions. By offering a new perspective on stock returns distribution, Lee's paper invites us to rethink foundational financial theories. It also highlights the importance of considering the psychological aspects of market behavior, which is a growing area of interest in finance. So whether you're a seasoned financial professional or just starting to think about how to invest, understanding these concepts could really change your approach to the markets. And that wraps up our detailed discussion. What a captivating blend of theory and practical implications. Right, Tom? Absolutely, Jen. I believe this paper sheds new light on market dynamics and will spark plenty of further research in the field. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to unravel the intricacies of finance. Until then, this is Jen. And Tom, signing off from our award-winning podcast. Keep investing and stay curious. Are you tired of stock market surprises hitting your portfolio like a pie in the face? Well, buckle up, because we've got something for you. Introducing Reactionary RoboAdvisor. Born from the intellectual wonderland of Bowley's groundbreaking research, this RoboAdvisor does more than crunch numbers. It reads market moods like a psychic. With Reactionary RoboAdvisor, you'll tap into the power of the market reaction function, harnessing the ability to not just react, but to anticipate. It's like having a crystal ball that actually works with less fog and more profits. Say goodbye to the snooze fest of the normal and hello to the adrenaline rush of high peaks and fat tails. Your portfolio will thank you for not being, well, normal. And worry not. Reactionary RoboAdvisor is not only brilliant, but also has a sense of humor. It will send you witty updates saying things like, your stock just went up, but I won't overreact if you don't. Download Reactionary RoboAdvisor today and get ahead of the curve or the peak or the tail. You get the idea. Invest wisely, laugh heartily, and remember, in the stock market, the only normal thing is not to be normal. Reactionary Robo-Advisor, the financial tool for those who prefer their stock returns as zany as a rubber chicken at a board meeting. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of our Deep Dive series, where we explore the intricacies of various fields. I'm your host, Tom and I'm your co-host, Jen. Today, we're tackling a fascinating paper that's making waves in the biopharmaceutical industry. The title, Valuing Post-Revenue Biopharmaceutical Assets with Pfizer's Current Portfolio as a Case Study. We're going to peel back the layers of this study, breaking it down into simplistic terms, providing context, and discussing its implications. We'll also toss around our personal thoughts on the matter towards the end, so stick around for that. Let's jump right into the introduction. Valuing post-revenue assets. These are drugs that have already hit the market and are generating sales is essential for big players in the biopharmaceutical domain. Absolutely, Jen. Accurate valuation is crucial because it influences a myriad of strategic operations and investment decisions. It's central to how companies like Pfizer decide where to put their resources and how they structure mergers and acquisitions. That's right. These valuations help assess risk, manage uncertainties, and navigate the regulatory minefield. And in a rapidly advancing field like biopharma, innovations can quickly alter the market landscape. So this study introduces a new, more reliable model to forecast the future sales of these assets. It's a big deal because it uses historical sales data, typically a high-quality record, 
to generate estimates that financial experts can use to make informed decisions. We'll also delve into the nitty-gritty of how they did this, including the methodology and the key findings. And in typical fashion, we'll end with implications, what this all means for the industry and beyond. Shall we move on to the contextual background, Jen? Let's do it. This paper is significant because it addresses a pressing challenge within the pharmaceutical and biotechnological sectors, how to precisely value a drug that's already generating income. The key concept at play here is the net present value, or NPV. This is essentially a method of calculating the current value of a series of future cash flows generated by an asset, in this case, drugs sold by Pfizer. It's a way of saying, what is the future revenue worth right now? To get there, the study delves into complex topics like the classic product life cycle in pharma, market penetration, and the impact of losing intellectual property protection. Real heady stuff, but oh so important. And don't worry if some of this vocabulary sounds like gibberish. We're going to break down terms like market capitalization, biosimilars, and epidemiological forecasting model as we dive into the core of this paper. In the core section, we'll take a detailed look at the paper's objectives and understand the advanced methodology and techniques used, including their novel sales prediction model, which they applied to Pfizer's vast portfolio of post-revenue assets. Key findings? Their model nailed Pfizer's market capitalization, that's the total value of its shares, with an impressive accuracy within 10%. That's innovative, as it offers a better tool for asset valuation in the financial decision-making process. And as for implications, this newly proposed model has the potential to hugely impact investment decisions, regulatory processes, and might just become the new standard for valuing biopharma assets. Finally, our conclusion will summarize the main points covered in today's episode, reflect on the study's broader context, and ponder its relevance to the current and future state of the biopharmaceutical industry. Now that you know what to expect from this episode, buckle up as we dive headfirst into the world of biopharmaceutical asset valuation. We're in for a complex but undoubtedly thrilling ride. Our journey through understanding this pivotal research begins right after a quick word from our sponsors. Stay tuned. And now a quick word from our sponsor, the latest breakout company in biopharma valuation Future Farm Foresight. Ever wondered if there's a crystal ball that could predict the future of your pharmaceutical assets? Look no further. At Future Farm Foresight, we've harnessed the power of predictive modeling, mathematical wizardry, and uh, maybe a sprinkle of time travel dust. And with our patented Farm-O-Matic crystal ball, that future looks crystal clear. Want to know how your post-revenue drug will perform in the next decade? Our Farm-O-Matic will shake itself light up in psychedelic colors, and print out a thoroughly researched, super detailed financial forecast, complete with shiny graphs and squiggly lines that you can, let's say, pretend to understand. Disclaimer, Future Farm Foresight's Farmomatic may not actually contain time travel dust and cannot predict the outcome of your medical exams or love life. But when it comes to biopharmaceutical assets, it's as close to a future gazing gizmo as you can legally buy. Future Farm Foresight, because who doesn't want a financial profit profit? Visit futurefarmforesight.crystalball for a free demo. That's right, free. And for a limited time, get a Pharmomatic keychain with your first consultation. Pharmomatic, the future is so bright, 
you'll have to wear shades to read your profit forecasts. Future Farm Foresight is not responsible for any addiction to crystal ball consultations. Always predict responsibly. And now, back to our podcast. 